information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Yeah, it's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good, good day for moving along. Yeah, it's a good day. How can anything go wrong? Good day from morning till night. Good day, Grand Valley. Here we are again. Yes, you can't get rid of us. We come back like the proverbial bad penny. Bob Slider is behind the board. I'm right here, and you are there with your ears eagerly attuned to all of the great conversation and brilliant banter that we're about to engage in over the next couple of hours. 7.10 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 64 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 63 at the Highlands. 60 in my backyard in Elm Grove. And 63 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It will be a good day today. Sunny skies, highs in the 80s. Did it rain yesterday? I think it rained yesterday, didn't it? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm just not sure, Howard. I, I think there was scattered, but I, I don't know if it rained in Elm Grove or not. My uh, wife and I went to <laughs> uh, one of our favorite places, Generations, for lunch yesterday. Hey, you'll never guess what I had. I bet you had a couple hot dogs. How did you guess that? A couple of Pete Rose dogs and a cup of soup. And they were very good. And like always, I say to myself, they're big dogs if you haven't been to Generations. They're not like little hot dogs. They're big dogs. And uh, I always say, I really should just only have one. And then I have two. <laughs> and, I, and I chowed down on them. And we did a few things and then went home. And I don't know if the hot dogs are just, you know, that was enough for me or whatever. I just, I fell asleep. And I, I, I slept the sleep of the dead for a while. You did? Well, I had a busy, busy day in Marshall County. One of those days, Howard, again, the, the weather was just beautiful. I spent a couple hours just walking the streets of Moundsville. You know where my wife and I are thinking about? I told you, we're trying to make a little vacation of this. We're thinking about going different places every day mm -hmm. with my kids gone. We're thinking about going down to Grandview Park just to visit around. Well, I did that yesterday. I stopped oh. up. I said, well, you know what? I'll go up and I'll, uh, I'll say hello. Mr. Maybe Mr. White will be in. I'll introduce myself and... Uh, well, he was out and about, and I probably could have tracked him down with the walkie-talkies, but I talked to the very nice staff, the very nice ladies in the uh, in the office, Howard, and uh, they knew who we are. So, Hold on a minute. That isn't always a good thing. You think that was a good thing? Well, I was hesitant, but I think uh, this was a really, really good thing, Howard. Okay, because when I hear people say, I know who you are, it's like, ee, boy. No, I believe they listened down there in Marshall County very at Grandview good. Park, and they, they were very, very nice, and I left the message from Mr. White and uh, invited him on because, Howard, again, we talk about it, and, and wait till you and Nancy drive up that hill. There is so much going on, and it is really, really pretty, and it is uh, just just a delight. It, it's one of those, and we talk about it, it's one of those gems that if you don't know it's there, then you, you, don't you just don't know it's there. And then you drive up and you say, wow. They have developed uh, a real unique niche for themselves. They're really an adventure park almost. They've got uh, the zip lines, and there's two things. They have the zip line and then like the the wire you walk across the wire bridges and advent, adventure all that there. stuff they have the uh, the frisbee golf i don't think that's the uh, right uh, term for the disc it. golf yes disc golf and the cabins I, they you, got cabins up in trees i love I, that's something i want to do that i want to stay in one of those treetop cabins someday i think really that would amazing. be so cool now my fear in the beginning was that i'd have to climb up you know like a 
wooden ladder like my kids used to do when they had a treehouse to get to the tree. I thought, well, I can't do that. But no, you can actually drive to the top of the treehouse. You can actually park and then go into the treehouse off of the, where you park. So that's just it's just a cool place. And I, other than taking one look at it, I have not had a chance to to, to see their new. I, I've said multiple times. It's really not even a swimming pool they opened up this year. It's really almost like a water park down there. Yeah, really, really nice. It, it really is. It's going to be nice today uh, or the next nice day you're, you're available. Take my word for it. If you haven't been down there for a while, just say, you know what, we're going to go down to Grandview Park and spend the day, and you'll say, wow, that was really cool. My uh, youngest son, Jonathan, uh, had never been there until recently, and actually he had to drop some people off in Moundsville, and he had some time to kill, so... He went up and looked around. He said, Dad, it's a phenomenal place. And he wants to take his daughter, uh, Ariana, uh, out there. He said, I think we'd like to go out there and just spend the entire day, take a picnic basket. Apparently, she loves disc golf. So, you know, do the disc golfing, go to the pool. And the pool's gotten, their hours are starting to change already for the for the summer, uh, winding down the summer. Uh, but he said, I want to go up there and just spend, just spend the day, you know. Well, that's what I kind of did yesterday. I spent a little time up at Grandview, and I spent a couple hours just, just, enjoying downtown Moundsville. And Moundsville does have a downtown, which we talked to Rick Healy about recently. That's that's one of the things that I've always been impressed with. Through all the troubles of uh, retail over the last, what, 20 years, uh, Moundsville has maintained the Jefferson Avenue corridor pretty well. They, they have, and I'm not taking a shot of Wheeling. I love Wheeling. But i got to be honest with you. It was just refreshing to get out of the orange barrels. <laughs> to get out of the, the, you know, how do I get over here from there? How do I do that? It was just so great to sit there. It was laid back, a really slow pace. People just enjoying the day, Howard. No hassle. I, um, I'm i glad that I'm here, although I thought maybe I wouldn't be. First thing I did around midnight last night was get online and double-check the Mega Millions drawing. How'd you do? I'm here. Heard there's a winner down in Florida somewhere. <laughs> I'm here, yeah. $101.1.5 billion. Now, I know you say you wouldn't want that much money. And I, I get, I'm serious. I, I wouldn't want that kind of money. I get I get the point. It's $757 if you take the cash. Uh, million dollars. Million dollars if you take the cash option. Um, so I was I was doing the usual thing last night. I was thinking, man, what if I won that? You know, I started to think of all the things I would want to do. And I, what, you know what's interesting? It struck me. I really wouldn't want to not do the show. Now, what I would want to do is have like a beach house, maybe a Caribbean house, maybe a European, I don't know where, all of which were set up with a special studio that I could broadcast from. And I started running the math and all that. And I thought if I would do all of that, it would be like, I don't know, a tenth of 1%. I'd still, what would I do with the rest of the money? What would I do with the rest of the money? Which is your concern, right? That's why I'm a man of principle, Howard. I refuse to receive any prize that's worth over $10 million. I just won't do it. And I also refuse to stand on that principle. I'm going to turn down any inheritance that is over $10 million. A fat chance of that happening, but I'm just a man of principle, Howard. That's too much money. I'm a man of principle. I'll take no more. No more. No more than $10 million. $10 million. There was a winner apparently in Florida last night, one winner of the $1.5 billion jackpot. It either was the most, I'm looking at my notes here, it either was the biggest jackpot or the second biggest jackpot ever for Mega Millions. It is is fun. I mean, we we normally buy a ticket anyways. 
Uh, it's fun to watch it rise up, rise up, rise up. The billboard out there in the Grove, you see it where every day gets higher and higher. It's kind of fun. And then it, it even though I have no, I don't win, I have no real involvement in it, I feel a letdown when it goes down. What you know, It'll be down to like a million today. It's like, oh, man, it's just a letdown. And to me, it, it ruins the whole concept. I think it would be better to have 15, I don't know, 50 yeah. million uh, winners than just one, this huge, huge winner. And to me, they have to fine-tune it, Howard. A few years ago, they added some balls so uh, there wouldn't be a, a, a winner so frequently. But to me, I, I think that kills it I, because I think most people say that's way, way too much. And why should one person have all that? Why don't they even it out a little bit? Have you noticed, and it may be because they increased the numbers, making it harder, therefore, to win, it used to be that the big jackpots, Powerball, Mega Millions, and so on, Generally, there were multiple winners. When the big one would hit, there'd be multiple winners. Somebody in Florida, somebody in Colorado, you know, three or four different people would hit the jackpot. And lately, these big jackpots have almost always been single winners. Yeah, just one dope somewhere in Florida just won almost a billion and a half dollars. I mean, there's just something wrong with that. Yep, absolutely. Anyway, I am here because um, I didn't win. And so, but, but you know what, dummy that I am, we'll go out and buy tickets for the next round. When's the next one? Uh, Friday, Tuesday. Well, it's Wednesday. We got Powerball tonight, Howard. Jump in that pool. I got, what, what is Powerball? I don't know. I don't just know. got hit not too I long ago. Anyway, we have, uh, we, we, I think we already have that. We buy a Powerball, we buy a Mega Millions, and, uh, and on we go. We always buy from one of our fine sponsors here at the Watchdog Radio Network. We always get ours driving through Gumby's in Elm Grove. All right, 718, 18 after the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. A good morning, good friends. Come on in. You can join us on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. The text line is 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service phone line is 304-232-8255. Got a little room here. If you want to call, we can uh, take a few phone calls. Uh, I, I, I want to talk about two big stories right up here up front, Bob. First of all, um, we had former Governor Ted Strickland on with us yesterday. My friend Dave DeWitt from the Ohio Capitol Journal has been pounding, pounding, pounding on this show and on the Capitol Journal. You guys did good. About issue two, or issue one. Clearly, the message got through. It was an overwhelming defeat for issue two. This is that issue two. If it had passed, it would have raised the threshold for passing a constitutional amendment from a mere majority, democracy, I call it, to 60%. 40% minority would have controlled on the constitutional amendment. It was a, they were walloped. It was, I thought I had the numbers in front of me. I don't. It was close to 70% against, 70% against. I mean, it was not, it wasn't close. It was a, it was a thumping and a drumping uh, without any, without any question. So Ohio voters resoundingly rejected that issue number one. Um, a lot of money spent on both sides of the aisle. Uh, we had some people bought some advertising here. And I spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, but I spent some time talking about it. Uh, I had David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal, the editor, on with us several times. If you ever read his editorials in the Ohio Capital Journal, I mean, he pulled no punches. He, you know, His editorials are not like McCabe's editorials. We gently believe that perhaps there should be a, a different look at this. That man, David DeWitt, he would take, take a dagger and just... <laughs> These no-good bums, they're destroying democracy with his knife in his hand. Um, but they, but it worked. Whatever they did, whoever they are, 
it worked, and um, the the issue was rejected. Now the next fight is going to be in the fall. Part of this was all about there is going to be an, a, a ballot issue in the fall to make uh, some forms of abortion legal in Ohio constitutionally. And that's the next fight is now going to be. The idea behind the Republican-led issue one was to make it harder for that issue to pass. Now it's going to be a real battle at the ballot box. And we'll talk about that Twix now and Election Day. 721, 21 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, the other uh, brief story I wanted to talk about, and I'll talk probably more about it tomorrow because right now I only know uh, what I read in the morning intel today, which is a lot. I trust the intel. I know what some of you are thinking. Boo, newspaper, bad. Um, but uh, I trust what I read in the intel. And they did this, apparently within council last night had a special meeting just talking about this Life Hub, Bob, the uh, homeless, uh, the Life Hub for the homeless. I know you've had a lot of questions about it. I, I'm, there's still some of it that I don't understand. Uh, and, and apparently several of the council members were a little concerned about some aspects of this of this Life Hub as well. So there was a special meeting last night to learn more about the, the Life Hub. And one of the issues that came up was the cross Life Hub is supposed to be a separate nonprofit entity operating on its own. It is not a division of the city or a branch of city government. In fact, at the moment, it has no money at all from the city. city hasn't made any donations or anything of that nature. And yet, what we learned last night was there's a little bit of crossover between city officials and the Life Hub operators, and that raised questions uh, in the minds of both Mayor Elliott and uh, Councilman Sklavanakis, among others. Melissa Adams is the homeless liaison for the city of Wheeling. She's been with us many times. Uh, I think she does a tremendous job. And she has been a big proponent of and organizer of the Life Hub. She is... Um, part of that Life Hub organization now, even though she also works for the city. City Manager Bob Heron is president of the Life Hub board. Now, the Life Hub is supposed to be a separate, nonprofit, independent agency. Bob Heron is president of the board. There are then others. Uh, the director of the Wheeling Housing Authority is on the board. Some others. Michelle Rajanis, good morning, Michelle, I know she listens, uh, the Marketing and Community Relations Director of the City of Wheeling is secretary there, and Councilman Sklavanakis raised the question, and the mayor raised the question, is this kosher? Is it a good idea to have this nonprofit group out here on its own, the Life Hub, so entwined with city officials? Now, nobody said don't do it, nobody said it's wrong, but they both said, and both, you know, they are both mayor. They are both legal. Let me try this again. They are both lawyers. So they both raised the question, is this really a good idea? Now, again, all of this is information I'm gathering from the morning intel today. I'm hoping you will probably hear more about this today uh, at noon on the mayor and vice mayor show. You're wheeling, no two ways about it, from noon until one. Uh, and I'm going to try to see if I can get, uh, get some of these folks to talk about it a little bit more tomorrow on the show. Uh, Sklavanakis said, I'm not saying anything wrong is being done, but it is uncharted territory. He also added, Jerry Sklavanakis, which is an issue that I have, he's concerned the Life Hub is duplicating services already provided somewhere else in the community. Now, I this is where I lose a little bit of, I don't have enough knowledge. 
Are they going to cons consolidate some of these current homeless programs into one? That's one thing. But if there's going to be a homeless program over here, a homeless program over here, a homeless program over here, and then the Life Hub is going to be something different, well, I don't know. Is, is that a good point? Sklavinakis says, I've heard this could cost as much as $18 million. Said, I hate to spend $18 million duplicating services. And I, I would concur with that. There also are questions being raised about who's going to be in the shelter. It is by design what they call a low-barrier shelter. I'm, I'm ignorant. I will admit that. When I first heard that, you know what I got pictured, Bob? Like a tiny wall. Low barrier, tiny wall. No, no, that's, that's not it. It is that uh, people who have, you know, there's some, the, some of these house, uh, homeless shelters will not allow certain kinds of clientele in there. If they're drunk, if they're rowdy, they won't let them in. This will be a low barrier shelter. If you don't have ID, uh, you still can come in. Um, question was raised, what about sex offenders? Melissa Adams said, well, we're going to segregate all people who have problems on a separate floor. She said, uh, you know, if you're concerned about sex offenders in the shelter, well, if, if they're in the shelter, we know where they are. So, I mean, that's an argument as well. Questions, 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 no real answers. I'm going to try and get some over the next couple of days. Um, but I wanted to at least put these out in front of you. This is from the Morning Intel story. I know zero beyond what's in this story. Um, you'll probably hear more about it today with the mayor and the vice mayor at noon. And I'll try and get some folks to come on tomorrow to give us more info about that. But you've been concerned about this life hub all along. Well, I think it's a horrible idea for, for many, many reasons, Howard. And I think I'm as compassionate as anyone in this county. Ohio County has been helping folks out that are down and out for a long, long time. There used to be a place in Roney's Point called the County Farm. And it sits on about 400 acres. It's still owned by the county. Ohio County. And these folks would go there and live and they worked and they grew their own food and they did what it, they had to do to survive. And there's dozens of graves up there because I fell in them coon hunting a, a couple of uh, nights. These <laughs> people went there <laughs> and, and they, a lot of them never left because that's all they had. But they had a, they had a room, a roof over their head and they had food to eat. And it was out in the County. I don't like the idea, and I'm going to sound like a snob. You're talking about putting this in St. Mark's Church, which is right beside the city building. I, I just think it's – and I'm – okay, if I sound snobby, then I guess I'm a snob. I just don't think it's a good fit there. I've never liked the idea of spending multiple millions of dollars helping people that have pretty much given up. Spend some money to the folks that haven't given up yet, that are still struggling, that could use a little support. That's where I'm at, Howard. And let me say this. I have nothing but respect and fondness for Melissa Adams. She's a very compassionate person. I just don't agree with this. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of what you said, but I do agree with one thing. I don't think the location is right. Now, I don't think you can put it out in the county. I, the, the reality is that homeless folks, those who are homeless, need to have some kind of access to the services they need. But my concern is... And yes, this is going to sound a little elitist, not quite as elitist as you, but it's going to sound, sound a little sound a little elitist. You just I, I, you, there's there are places where East we let me yell about this for this too. In East Wheeling, there are multiple services for the homeless and those who need things. There's the Catholic Charities, there's the soup kitchen, there are a variety of services over there. Uh, that's a lo more logical location. The fact of putting the homeless shelter. 
And again, one of the questions I have still, and Melissa Adams last time she was here said probably, if this is going to be a, like a, an office building where there are rehab programs or there are going to be uh, where you know homeless can go and find out about how to get a driver's license, that's one thing. But if they're going to actually be housing the homeless right here, right there, half a block from the city building and literally right next door to Independence Hall, right across the street from the community college, I've got a little bit of, a, of an issue with that. I think the location isn't particularly. But I, I, I'm, I'm like. And you think the folks back in the 30s was wrong by taking care of these folks, but doing it out in the county? Yeah, but th- that wasn't really the, those weren't really homeless. Those were, I'm trying to think what those were. They didn't have nothing. They didn't have a home. Yeah. They, they had nothing. Well, yeah. No, listen. No, that, that has developed differently now. They're, then they built a tuber- tuberculosis right. uh, building. This is totally different. This was designed, this, this mansion was left by one of the brewery guys. And the county turned it into the poor farm. That's exactly what it was. Now, it evolved, and then the state built another building, and they put some some folks that weren't quite ready for Weston, but kind of like a halfway. But yeah, that's exactly a- what it was. It was a poor farm. Now, I, I don't think you can send the homeless of Wheeling out into the county, but I do think they don't need to be. As I understand it, they don't need to be right down from City Hall. Not that City Hall is any special place. I'm more concerned about being next to Independence Hall, which is one of our tourist attractions. You know, you come into town to go to the go to Independence Hall, or you come into town because you have kids going to the community college, and you're going to have to deal with homeless on the street. I, I don't know. And and now I'll get in trouble for sounding like I don't care either. I do care. But I just don't think it's the right location. But the point of the meeting last night apparently was to ask, ask questions. A lot of questions were asked. I, I still want to get some answers. We'll try and get some tomorrow. And real quick, Howard, it, it, this just isn't for the folks of Ohio County. Again, my vision is we're going to be flocked people coming for this destination just for that service. And I have a problem with that, too. See, I'm, I don't have a problem. I think that's fine. If we become a destination for people who are in need, I'm okay with that. Uh, right I'm beside okay. City Hall. Right, but uh, but not in that location. Not in that location. Hey, uh, well, we've messed up the timing. Let's go to the news. Do you remember when I said at the beginning of the show, I said, here's my game plan. Remember I told you the Way game Way to go, hard. And I said, but I don't know if we'll make that game plan or not. We did not make the game plan. We've used up our entire two segments here already. Uh, coming up later on this morning, we're going to talk with the legislature. They wrapped up their session uh, yesterday, uh, last night, actually. Um, there's also a suit that's been filed about the regional jails. That comes on the heels of this session where they talked about regional jail funding. Uh, Charleston Council recently rejected a needle exchange p- program. Ohio County has one. Oh, Health Administrator Howard Gamble in to talk to us about that. Uh, all of that's coming up this morning here on the show. But right now, because I've wasted so much time already, it's 731, 29 to the hour. It's time for Taylor Long and Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 9th. Ohio voters determine the future of the state's constitution with the much-talked-about Issue 1. The Associated Press has projected that Issue 1, the proposal to make it more difficult for citizens to amend the state's constitution, has failed. The latest numbers show Ohio voters voted down Issue 1 58% to 42%, according to unofficial poll results. More than 1.5 million votes have been counted. The issue did draw a large early voting response, with more than 700,000 people casting an early vote. We have more details over on WTRF.com. 
And on Monday, the Wheeling Police Department encountered a person who appeared to be intoxicated near 43rd and Jacob Streets. An investigation led to a search warrant for a residence on 48th Street where police found several grams of methamphetamine, crack cocaine, and cocaine, along with thousands of dollars in cash. Authorities say they arrested 63-year-old Janet Wart of Wheeling and charged her with possession with intent to deliver. She was taken to jail and later arraigned where her bond was set at $3,000. Police say other people, 59-year-old Leslie Ann Lacey and 39-year-old Brian Michael Gorzia, both of Wheeling, were issued citations for possession of meth. And a local group is coming together to discuss, educate, and combat the issue of human trafficking that they say is not only an issue worldwide, but also right here in the local tri-state area. The group, newly named Ignite Hope, is preparing for their seminar scheduled for August 17th at 6 p.m. at Wheeling Park, Sutterborn Shelter. This all sparked after the members of Ignite Hope saw the movie The Sound of Freedom. They were inspired to answer the question of what can we do when it comes to human trafficking locally and provide a platform for those who are seeking that answer. One of the members says that she contacted everyone from local leaders to those in Charleston and has had endless support. More details can be found at WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everyone. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. I'm not buying till I checked on Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. 
Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Mr. Big Boy's announcement, maybe he wants to revise that last little uh, intro segment we had there, and it'll be rants from Bob Slider. Uh, Bob, Bob had his rant. I had mine. I'm usually the one ranting. You were, you had a good rant going there, pal. Well, I, I'm just, you You're know. You're passionate. I am passionate because, again, I look around. There's people that's down on their luck, but they go to work every day, and they, they struggle every day with something. And, and uh, to me, Howard, I'm very compassionate. I know I am. I know I am, but what about those people that are just barely getting by? You know, it just—I I think they get overlooked, and I think they could just use a little help. I—I I, I don't disagree, but I also think that a lot of the folks who are in the homeless world uh, are don't don't have the—I'm not how to, sure how to phrase this—capacity to get out and work because they have mental issues, they've got drug addiction issues, and so on. But and, that, and you think that's fine for willing to be a hub and welcome everyone that's I do. suffering? I do. I, I, I have no problem with being a compassionate hub and providing services for those people. How about in Elm Grove, Howard? I know. Hey, what about right the, there? What if they developed Elm Terrace for that purpose? It isn't. It's not far away, and it is. And we have those from time to time as well. We have we have drug type programs out there already. Um, I I I do. I, I, I have no problem with us being a compassionate hub for and if people if it brings people in because they say that people in Wheeler are compassionate, I'm okay with that. Now, I, now you know, don't, I, I'm not saying run. There has to be some kind of of control over it. Again, I'm not. I do not think the life hub in that Edgewood Lutheran Church is a smart idea. I, I really don't. It's a done deal already, but I think I, I think it's a very bad location. Um, but I, I have no problem with the, with the thing itself. You got a couple of texts coming in on the Frio Stack Office Service text line three zero four two one four sixteen hundred. They found me here, Howard. Uh, text number one. It's too late for this discussion, but they bought the building. I would say the Saint Luther, uh, uh, Saint Mark's Church, right, for three hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Twenty five, I think. But yes, that's correct. Three hundred twenty five thousand. Yes, the, the Life Hub did. Now that's not any kind of city money. That's not any kind of. Uh, you have any idea where they got money. the money? It's their nonprofit board. I they had a lot of donations. Uh, I have some sense of some of the people that made donations. Um, Does that have to be disclosed? Do they have to oh, put sure, that out? I'm there? sure you can find it. Probably I can go online and look at it, look it up right now. Okay, text but yeah, number- but and that, but he's right. It's a done deal. They've already purchased that building. Text number two. I agree. I agree with you on the poor farm use. Problem is. Those people are not homeless, and they need a place to panhandle. Well, I, okay, I don't know. But we see a lot of panhandlers, Howard. I think there's a little, it would be really hard to panhandle I, I out there on uh, Roney's Point. Little, there's a little uh, sarcasm going on there, uh, but, uh, yeah, I get that. I've also noticed lately, and, again, I, I don't I don't want to be perceived as uncompassionate or incomp- as having a lack of compassion, but um, have you noticed? I've noticed. Let me put it that way that more of the panhandlers, the, the place that everybody talks about is the ramp right there by Perkins, the Hump Bridge in Elm Grove now, you see the, the panhandlers there all the time. I don't have to call them panhandlers or the homeless or whatever. Have you noticed 
it used to be they'd be up and kind of holding their signs and kind of looking at you and asking for money. They just kind of sit there. It's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be, they just like, yesterday, yesterday, lady was sleeping. Well, Howard, because before they had to let everyone know exactly what their agenda was. Now everybody is used to it. And now maybe give them a little nudge or, or blow your horn to wake them up here. Wave a dollar to them. People I mean, know why they're sitting there now. Literally, this lady was sleeping. You know, big sign. I forget she what it was. She was on break, Howard. It was break Homeless time. Homeless veteran or, you know, need mo- I don't know what it was. Big sign. Sitting there in a, in a, in a beach chair. And, and she was literally asleep. I mean, and I've noticed that more and more. Again, I don't 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 get me wrong. I I, I don't want to be a, that kind of guy. But for God's sake, at least stay awake. If you're panhandling, at least stay awake. I don't know what kind of guy it is, but I'm going to ask this question, Howard. I've lived in Elm Grove for sixty plus years. You've lived there longer than that. All those years, have you seen anybody ever stand on the Hump Bridge and panhandle? Ask you for a dollar? No. Well, now yes, but not before. No. Okay, so what's going on? Why? I mean, there were people in the '70s, the '60s, the '50s. They, they were down on their luck, but they didn't do that, Howard. Why is it so acceptable now? Why are we saying sure? And not only that, call nationwide tell them to come to wheeling i really have a serious problem with that 741 19 to the hour here on the watchdog morning show well the good news is while they're panhandling today they will be able to do it in good weather how's that for a transition thanks adam adam fike is here from wtrf tv7 and storm tracker 7 good morning adam well good morning howard i don't know how i can compete after that (laughs) you know what your smartest move is just move on to the weather um Looks like a pretty good day today, right? Oh, my. This yeah, is going to be a little bit muggy, but still going to be very pleasant looking. Plenty of sunshine. I mean, did have a couple isolated rumbles of thunder this morning, but not too bad of a day. Sounds good. Sounds good. Temperature not uh, too bad. Not too bad. Low 80s. Yeah, dew points will be in the 60s, but it's also August, so of course it's going to be warm and sticky. <laughs> So this this would be a good day to get out, take a ride, take a walk, you know, go do something fun in the sun, right? Yeah, today, Friday, are going to be, I would call, our good days. Because neither day likely sees rain, but tomorrow, though, is going to be, unfortunately, likely a washout. Oh, boy, okay. Storms, thunderstorms, all that kind of good stuff? A little bit of everything, but the good news is everything stays below severe criteria. So we'll likely see showers beginning sometime between 2 and 4 a.m. tomorrow. This is going to be periods of rain where it gets heavy, gets lighter, a couple rumbles of thunder. That activity continues until lunchtime, so that I would say noon to one time frame when the initial round of activity starts. All right, so, so it's this gonna... is basically going to be 3 to noon of we're just going to see rain all morning. Afternoon, we could see a few pop-ups, but by the time we get to that point, the bulk of the activity is done, and it's just pop-ups through the afternoon before we see sunshine come sunset. But we are all day tomorrow. We're going to see rain of some severity or another, depending on what time of day it is. And we're not going to have any, you know, beautiful sunshine, blue sky kind of day uh, breaks in the cloud, right? The only time you we're going to see break is come. I would say sunset, maybe dinner, but even that's kind of pushing it a little bit. Okay. So morning starts gloomy, but at least by sunset. So by the time we're going to bed is when it's going to be clear. Now, as you well, said, it was, I'm going to bed. As you said, Friday, then we get back to another sunny and pleasant day. Yeah, just going to be mainly clear Friday. Maybe a few more clouds than what we're seeing today. 
nothing in the way of rain. But then by Saturday, like I've been saying the past couple of days, it's that back and forth. So come Saturday, mainly afternoon and evening, we'll see the return of showers and storms. A few of these could produce some heavy downpours and some gusty winds up to 60 miles an hour. But once again, nothing too severe with that. Sunday will be again a more a nicer maybe not perfect but a nicer day with sunshine and, and mid 80s for the temperature and then rain again on Monday so literally it's every other day uh, Howard you just hit the nail on the head you even stole that from me I was just about to say it's going to be back and forth and you caught on very easily that it's going to be that back and forth Hey, I'm no dummy here, you know. I got these things figured out. <laughs> hey, that's why I made you an honorary weather spotter for me. There we go. You're catching on quickly, my young, my young apprentice. <laughs> I'm Adam Fike's young apprentice. All right then. Uh, all right. So again, but so and so. Here's the message: Go out and do something today. Have some fun today. Hey, exactly. Because can't tell you what to do with your fun time, but just enjoy it. Well, not going to be too hot, not going to be too sticky. Yeah, summer, so it's going to be warm. But at least it's going to be sunny and rain-free. And keep in mind that summer, sadly, is winding down. Um, I mean, we've got until, what, September 22nd to officially end summer. But once the kids go back to school, I can still think that, to me, is the it's, it's sort of the unofficial end of summer. So uh, enjoy it while you can. Only got a couple more weeks left before that occurs. I would say, even though it's still like kids are in stone school, Labor Day is normally my cutoff. Like, oh, it's Labor Day now; it's fall. Yeah, yep. Well, and we'll have, you know, I mean, we'll have fall. We'll have fall. We'll have the dog days of summer still to go, and so on. But uh, twelve days, according to West Liberty University's website, twelve days, zero hours, thirteen minutes until West Liberty's uh, campus starts, and I believe that's the same time as many of our local schools. So the day, the countdown, Bob, is 12, 12 days till the kids get back in school. Oh, man. I mean, that's hard to you know, make every day count. So this week you get every other day to make. So use the sunny days to get outside and do things, the rainy days to sleep in and read some books or something because in about 12 days it's back to school time. 64 at the airport, uh, Adam, 63 at the Highlands, 60 out in my backyard in Elm Grove, and 63 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. We do have a little room to grow because we're going up to the 80s today, so that sounds good. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks very much. And, um, again, we'll just have to learn today's a good day, tomorrow's a bad day, the next day's a good day, the next day's a bad day, and we'll make that all the way through next Monday. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Adam Fike, the Big 7, WTRF-TV, Storm Tracker 7. 7.47, 13 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, talk a little bit about the winding down of summer, the winding down of city pools, and a few other things uh, coming up a little bit later on. Uh, also going to be coming up to talk about the... You'll get upset about this one, too. I'm sure the needle exchange. Thanks, Howard. Well, I'm just saying, you're in a rant mood, so I could, hey, I listen, when I get in the rant mood, I go and I can tell you're in that mood today. Um, needle exchange program. Charleston City Council voted it down this week, including surprising me because she is a good liberal. Uh, Mayor Amy Schuler Goodwin voted against the needle exchange program in Charleston. Heard your old friend Danny Jones kind of putting it down too. Uh, he was pretty hard. Oh, on Danny! Too. Danny's got no compassion. Danny throws the homeless in the street. You know, he tries to get him. I mean, D Danny's a really off the wheeling. Danny, we need you. Danny's a good. I mean, I, I enjoy uh, talking to Danny. Um, if you have ten thousand times more compassion than Danny does. I mean, actually, you know what? 
you and Danny think very much alike. Danny will tell can you. Can we get him on, Howard? Well, sure, we can get him on. I used to have him on a good bit. I don't know if he's under con. He's on with Hoppy all the time now. I don't know if he's under contract with Hoppy or what. I'll just, maybe he'll be on today. I don't know. Uh, but when he was mayor, you know, it was big on getting them homeless. Get them, get them out of here. Get them out of here. That's, uh, that's the way Danny was saying. But he's, a, he's seriously, a lot like you, Danny will say that he is very compassionate for people who deserve compassion. And he understands people who are in bad circumstances. But these homeless, get them out of here. Get them out of here. You, your real name isn't Jones, is it? It could be. <laughs> Maybe I should change my name. <laughs> Does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Over the years, you've brought opioids into your home. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But holding on to opioids puts your family at risk. Learn more at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time. here metro news hotline presents what's trending in sports music movies tech television and more from a mountain state point of view renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from west virginia high school sports to the financial markets join the fun every day coop and i dip into irreverent discussions with calls texts tweets the question of the day and the always popular in or out metro news hotline weekdays from three to six on metro news the voice of west virginia why just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. To reminisce with my old friends. A chance to share old memories. And play our songs again. When I got to the garden party. They all knew my name. 
as me I didn't look the same But it's all right now I learned my lesson well You see, you can't please everybody Boy, I'm, we're learning that <laughs> uh, uh, Rick Nelson fan, Howard? I do like Rick Nelson, yeah I would say this one of the most underrated rock stars, and he was a rock star. People don't understand that. One of the most underrated rock stars ever. Well, ever. he was always perceived as just Ozzy and Harry's boy. But when he said, you know what, I'm going to be a rock star, he, he became, became a, a rock, rock star. star. This is probably his biggest song, right? Garden Party? And, you know, the uh, the, the story behind this was uh, they, they scheduled this uh, oldies concert at Madison Square Garden. And Rick Nelson came out, and uh, he wanted to play his new stuff. And they wanted to hear... Oldies, oldies. They wanted to hear Hello, Mary Lou. And they wanted to hear The Traveling Man, which we play every Friday. Every Friday and they yeah. booed him. They booed his really? new stuff. I didn't know that. So he left, and he wrote that song. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's hard to believe. Well, yeah, I guess so. You hear that a lot, though. Sometimes performers... I'm, it's hard to believe back in those days because we think of him as a, an oldies kind of performer that he would be getting booed for playing, quote, oldies at that time, which were kind of contemporary songs. But I've been to a garden party. I haven't been to a garden party for a long time. I wouldn't mind getting there, though. 7.53, 7 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is time for Slider on Sports. Pittsburgh Pirate closer David Bednar, who I praise all the time on this program, uh, started the top of the ninth inning with the Pirates leading the Atlanta Braves 6-5, but the all-star right-hander suffered his third-blown save of the season, giving up three runs as the Braves come back and beat the Pirates 8-6. The Braves' Matt Olson became the first player this season to drive in 100 runs. Olsen has driven in a run in 11 straight games. The Bucks broke out the bats early, struggling third baseman Key Brian Hayes. You remember him, Howard? Key Brian Key Hayes. Key Brian Hayes. Remember that Key Brian Hayes? I, I think, remember that. I think he closed his eyes and he hit a three-run homer in the first inning. Josh Palacios and Brian Reynolds hit back-to-back -back homers in the fifth. Pirate starter Mitch Keller gave up three runs on nine hits in five innings, striking out four, no walks. He is winless since June 28th. Bednar drops to three and two, same two teams tonight at PNC Park. Left-hander Mike Max Freight will start uh, for the Braves, uh, just his second uh, since missing three months with a strained left forearm. Rookie right-hander Quinn Priester for the Bucks. He first pitch 705. The Braves still running away with the National League East with a 10.5 game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. The National League Central is really up for grabs. Milwaukee still in first place, but now the Chicago Cubs are tied with the slipping Cincinnati Reds for second place, a game and a half out. The Pirates nine games out. In the West, the Los Angeles Dodgers with a big five-game lead over the Giants. In the American League, the surprising Baltimore Orioles lead the Tampa Bay Rays by two games. And bad news in the Central Division in the American League. Cleveland drops four and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins. And out in the West, the Texas Rangers leads the, the defending World Series champion Houston Astros by three games. Slatter on sports time, 7.56. And we should uh, mention, uh, probably just keep on mentioning, that we're getting closer and closer to high school football. 
here on the Watchdog Radio Network. Once again, we'll be your home for all the John Marshall Monarch games and all the Wheeling Central football games. WVOY will be your home for JM. WKKX, your home for Wheeling Central. Friday night lights will be uh, blazing, and Friday night football will be broadcast right here uh, on the on the stations. And remember, if you cannot listen to us on air, if you're not in the immediate listening area, or if you have friends from out of town, or you're going to be out of town, or Grandma lives in Idaho and she wants to hear her kids play, um, or like Mike Florio, who was with us earlier this week, who was a Central grad, I said, listen, while you're out doing some other NBC stuff, maybe you want to hear your old home team, uh, you can listen online. Use TuneIn Radio. And you want to listen to either WKKX for Central or WVOY for JM or WatchdogNetwork.com. Same thing, two buttons, WKKX, WVOY. Pick the one you choose. Howard, we know how important that is because it was down for a couple of days. Man, did we hear about it. Man, alive. And we brought the, we brought the website back up relatively quickly. We were off for several days. We were, and TuneIn still was down. What about TuneIn? What about TuneIn? Get it all. We don't have TuneIn yet. We got it all. Don't come without TuneIn. Oh my God! But we got TuneIn. We got it. It's up. Everything's up. And and although at this end of things, sometimes because we know we're working on it, it gets frustrating to hear people hammering on us, Bob. It's a good thing to hear people complain, because it means they are listening and And they want to listen. And that when we're when something isn't quite right, um, they let us know about it and they miss us. Can you imagine missing us? That's better than, uh, oh, you guys were off the air? I, I didn't notice. <laughs> Here's what I get sometimes. Aren't, didn't you used to be Howard Monroe? <laughs> didn't you used to be on the radio? You go, yeah, yeah, I, just, I still am, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's okay. And also remember, talking about uh, technology, uh, another way to listen is through your Amazon personal assistant. You simply say, Alexa, listen to WKKX on TuneIn, or Alexa, Listen to WVOY on TuneIn. I know, I think my wife does that at home when she's, you know, wandering around the house while I'm here. I think she puts it on the Alexa speakers and it goes to the house. So many different ways for you to listen. Next hour, um, we'll probably have some more argument here. Uh, Charleston rejected a needle exchange program this week. Uh, They've been debating it for quite some time, took a vote. It was a significant vote against permitting the needle exchange program. We have a needle exchange program here in Ohio County. Howard Gamble from the Health Department is going to join us to talk about how that program works. It is under very regulated guidelines. And what's the value of needle exchange programs? A lot of people say it's nothing but encouraging drug addicts to keep on being drug addicts. Others say people are not going to stop being drug addicts if you don't have clean needles. The best thing to do is at least make it safe for them. That's the dichotomy of the debate. We'll talk a tad about that with Howard Gamble coming up in the next hour of the show. Right now, though, it's just about 8 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You're welcome to text us at 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, or 304-232-8255 with the phone lines. The Frio Stack Auction Lines, Auction Service Text Line, Auction Service Hotline, they are yours to use as you choose. ABC covers the world next. Opened up a closet door and out stepped Johnny Be Good, playing guitar like a ring and a bell and looking like he should. You gotta play at garden parties. I wish you would lie. Watchdog love. is.
News, FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. The first Republican presidential debate happens two weeks from today. Candidates are prepping and in some cases shaking up their staffs only two months into the campaign. ABC Chief Washington Correspondent Jonathan Carl says as of now, former President Trump has said he won't be taking part. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has already begun debate prep sessions and even hired a debate coach. DeSantis had been considered Trump's most formidable Republican challenger, once nearly tied for the lead. But in the latest 538 average of polls, he now trails Trump 